Hi, I'm Tim from Marathon Mates. On this week's episode, we are going to get ready to take off to Berlin and beyond. Are you ready to fly? Let's go. Welcome to the thrilling world of the flying runner, brought to you by the Marathon Mates. to the flying runner in this week's episode we've done our last training one runs we've packed our bags and we're ready to get on that flight to berlin we're uh, running the berlin marathon this weekend and we just cannot wait in tonight's episode we're going to talk about the journeys we're going to take to get there what we're going to do when we land and most importantly some of our race strategies leading up to and also on race day itself in addition, it's just as important we talk about how we're going to celebrate, and we'll talk a lot about that tonight as well. But before we do all that, let me welcome my mar my fellow marathon mates, and tonight we're joined by our special guest again, Stephen Tudgeman, who was on our previous episode talking about the Sydney Marathon. And in addition, we've got Tony and Tara as well. So, guys, firstly, how are you? How exciting is this week? Yes. And most, efficient, uh, most importantly, are you ready to go to Berlin? Absolutely, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the worst thing about this day today is knowing that I've still got to fulfil two days of work mm. before jumping on that plane for a 27-hour journey or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> but uh, it's very exciting. Can't wait. Well, I'm very excited for all Sorry? three of you because it brings back memories. Kim and I did Berlin this time last year, had an absolute ball. Um, you're going to have a bucket load of fun and uh you deserve it yeah no we can't wait we every everyone we talk to says that berlin uh is a wonderful race and a, and a great city to go to and it's really quite surprising because it's not somewhere i would have considered going um let alone to go and run a race but uh mm -hmm. even it's a world marathon major everyone talks up about how wonderful it is so but Stephen, you didn't just run berlin last year you ran berlin then london and uh, well, we actually did Medoc first. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but Berlin, you're going to love. Um, it's the history of the place. And one of the things that uh, you and those of your uh, our running colleagues who are going to do it will find it is uh, such a great history lesson to actually put, you know, the, uh, the city and the history in perspective. And there's some things, there's some great places I can encourage you to go and see if you're into history. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely uh, be looking out for that. Bara, Tony, how's your training been for the last week? I guess it's in taper time and it's fairly light and easy, I hope. Tony, yeah, I think we, you had a 10K run, didn't you? Yeah, we just knocked over 11K on yeah. Saturday. Um, nice and simple. Sharon's got some issues with her feet, which is a little bit concerning. But outside of that, easy run, um, easy time on our feet. We backed it up with a a walk there on Sunday. So, yeah, I, I think we're both feeling okay. Well, I don't want to jinx it, 
I said that I said the same thing before Boston, but we're both feeling okay. And uh yeah, we should be it, it's just good. Yeah. And Excellent. you guys? Uh we just did park run, so we didn't do our long run on Sunday like we normally would. We just did park run on Saturday morning, did Mitchell Pin Park Run with one of our good friends, Anita. So that was wonderful to catch up with her because we've been doing a bit of running and I haven't seen her for a while. So that was really good. Um, just took it easy, just cruisy pace. You would did 23 minutes or something and I just did 30. So we were just cruising along, just having a bit of fun. Yeah, I love, I love it when you're um, in taper mode and you're ready to run a marathon. Um, the body just feels so good. And so for me, for Parkrun, this was a two and a half K out, two and a half K back course. So I just sat in the middle of the pack for the first two and a half Ks and just slowly worked my way through the pack. And I got to the turnaround and everything's loosened up and feeling good. And I, mm. I pushed it home at sort of four minute 10 pace or something like that per kilometer on the way back. And just uh, everything just clicked and felt good. And I could have just kept running and heart rates were good. Everything just felt really good. So I, I'm feeling fit and ready and primed to, to get through yeah. this with Tara on the weekend, so I can't it, wait. It was very weird, though, not waking up on a Sunday morning at, like, 4 o'clock and going for a run. But we had time <laughs> to wash the cars, two cars and the dog, and then all this housework was done, and I'm like, oh, this is what normal people do on a Sunday. <laughs> it, it still feels weird saying we're running in Berlin this weekend. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, it's weird. It's uh, it is our last show before we head to Berlin. So while we're st whilst we're away, and we, you're probably sick of hearing us talk about this, we'll be doing upload updates through Facebook Live. So please follow us on Facebook so you can get our updates. We don't expect you to be live at three a.m. watching us, but I the do. videos will <laughs> the videos will still be available, and, and unless you're an insomniac, of course, and you'll be. <laughs> quite happy to join us but join us on facebook and we'll be sharing live updates um, from both berlin and chicago you'll meet some of the people that you've already spoken uh, that you've already heard and seen uh through the podcast so as well so there's another bonus cool have we got the uh the music ready no no Wow, we've now got breaking news. So, Tara, over to you now for our weekly news segment. I don't, I don't know if I keep up with the uh, Channel 9 news readers, but anyway, we'll try, give it a try. Um, so Boston has released their qualifiers for the, um, you know, you can get it together, girl. Um, you can actually apply read, for your... Just read the script. <laughs> you can apply for Boston now um, for those who have qualified. So that's really, really cool. Um, this is from their last events that they've done um, and they have to have had a certain time for their certain ages. Um, we've got a few friends that have submitted their time, so fingers crossed that they get in. The registration period is for five days and it's between September 11th and September 15th. So by the time you hear this, it's already finished. Um, just because you have a BQ and you registered does not necessarily mean that you get to race it, unfortunately. Um, a new record of 33,000 applications were received and the highest number of qualifiers ever. So 
that's quite interesting because yeah. that might actually bring the times that you need to run normally like if you're normally got a buffer of four minutes that may not be enough unfortunately but we'll wait and see um they've got applications from over 127 different countries and all 50 of the u.s states uh applications applicants qualified at more than 528 different races around the world with ages ranging from 18 to 82. Including the Mexico Marathon. Sorry. Yeah, well, 11,000 of those guys didn't get to make it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the total number of submissions will surpass the allotted field size for the qualified mm. athletes, meaning that those who are the fastest amongst the pool of applicants in their age and gender will qualify. Yeah, Qualifying times... Um, as I said, will just depend on your age and your time frame. So, for example, 40 to 44-year-old men have to be under three hours and 10 minutes. So it's, But then as you get older, 65 to 69, you can go up to four hours and five minutes. Yeah, I, I just look at my age bracket there and, you know, three hours 35 and there's no way known to man i'm getting close to that so they are pretty they are pretty challenging and with the once again thirty-three thousand people that have put in they'll only get tighter so yeah be I'll have to, 102 to meet my qualifying yeah. it, it is interesting because um, the whole marathon world is starting to head towards inclusion and, and more about mm. inclusivity. And, you know, look at Sydney just being, we talked about it on the previous episode. Um, we've, we, you know, that they have a seven-hour cutoff. They're, they're looking for all people there. You go to London and they have um, other runners there that, that are wheelchair-bound that are pushed by other runners. So you just wonder how long the world of BQing will keep going on for before they start to sort of, put a limit on it and say, well, we're not going to go down that path and go to an open entry process as well to make it more inclusive. Yeah, I, I think the attitude around Boston would make that really challenging. I, I, I think there is a level of esteem that the runners place on hitting that BQ. So I think that's always going to be, let's call it the ugly duckling for inclusivity um, because I think there is that level of prestige that, you know, and people proudly wear it on the back of their jackets that they've BQ'd for the last 10 Boston marathons. And um, Steve, you'd probably saw that as well when you're in Boston. The irony is that it actually feels incredibly inclusive once you're in the race. Yeah, it does. Um, get to the race so hard, so it's quite a, uh, it's quite a juxtaposition. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because I've actually got friends that have run Boston, have qualified for it, and then I've said sort of that I shouldn't be running Boston because I haven't qualified for mm. it and I'm not good enough to be in that field. So should I call yeah. them friends? Um, but, yeah, I, I have been told before that I should not be running Boston in any uncertain terms by certain runners um, because I haven't qualified yeah. and for that, it. And that's not, that's not it. That's, and that's common. You see it on social media. You see it yeah. where as well. Yeah. I just, I just, when the rest of the world's going towards inclusivity, I, as I said, I just wonder how long this process will go on for where we have BQs. But the interesting thing with Boston is also is that the week 
prior to the marathon, they do incredibly well. You know, they've got party zones in the city, and I can almost guarantee that people sitting in the in the big beer tent that was underneath our hotel are certainly not runners. So the whole the inclusivity that they create with the celebrations of the marathon, I think, is probably it's been the best that I've seen. And you know, I'm I've done three of the majors. So I so yeah, it is a bit of a juxtaposition that um, I hope I said that right, Stephen. So, <laughs> so because there is so much partying process, but then there is that you know esteem with getting a qualifier but we're not here to talk about no. let's talk about berlin yes so uh berlin we're going to talk about all things berlin and we're just going to to make it a bit of an open discussion so firstly travel um we're flying out wednesday to land in berlin on thursday uh so we get there a couple of days early so you know tonight's monday night when we're recording this episode so uh, a couple of days before we fly out, um, we will go uh, via Qatar into Berlin. Doha. Doha. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be an interesting flight um, going that way into Europe. Yeah, we fly out Thursday morning, get in there Friday morning and um, basically doing a very similar thing. We fly to Melbourne first, then to, through Doha and then on to Berlin from there. So... Yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I think I'm looking forward more to the landing <laughs> in Berlin. Uh, once we get off there, we, we're then making our way to the uh, Travelling Fit nominated hotel, which is the Melia Hotel in Berlin, which is central Berlin. Um, is that where you stayed last year, Stephen? No, the Travelling Fit team have changed um, okay. the, the, the accommodation this year. Yeah. Um, Did you trash the place I, last year and heard about it? Guilty as charged. <laughs> 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 They've been kicked out and had to find a new place. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the good thing with Travelling Fit is the hotels they select are usually very central to the race facilities, mm. but also in very good neighbourhoods where they're staying. Yeah. Um, Looking at where we are, we're right next to uh, the main, one of the main train stations. We're also central Berlin. Uh, we're about a 10-minute walk to the, the starting area and finishing area at the Tier Garden. Mm. Uh, for those who do know Berlin, we're probably 10, 15-minute walk from uh, Alexanderplatz, which is where the, the TV tower is. We're close to Museum Island. So we're right in the middle of Berlin in a nice central location in a nice swanky hotel there. Yeah. So we went... We land in Thursday. You guys, Tony, land on Friday. Uh, Friday, we end up uh, going off to the Expo, which is at the old um, Tempelhof Flughafen. Which is the, <laughs> uh, you see, the, the old airport. One of my first words of German was Flughafen because I always work out where I'm going from the airport to uh, <laughs> Flughafen is the airport. Yeah. Um, so, Tempelhof is the old airport that used to be there um, and they've turned it into a sort of a convention expo area. There's also other things in that area. I think that's where the expo has been for many years, Stephen. Correct. Big airport mm -hmm. hangar. Um, what is the expo like? What, what are your memories of it last Huge. Year? Um, I think one of, unlike Sydney, which was very easy to get around um, on during the week, our memory of, of Berlin was queues. There was so go there with plenty of time, 
yeah. um, because you do need to spend the time. But the Tempelhof is an amazing place. You'll get to go back there on Saturday, which you'll come to, but it really is worth going to. No, we won't go back there on Saturday because the Saturday breakfast run is now run somewhere else. Which I'll is that right? Yeah. What a shame because you got to run. We got to run around the airport um, ah. <laughs> last year. Well, uh, on Saturday we wake up and we go off and do what they call is the breakfast run. So all these majors generally have a uh, a run the day beforehand, a shakeout run. This one in in uh, Berlin is called the breakfast run. It starts at Charlotte. Charlottenburg, which is a palace there, which was where the old um, uh, Kaisers used to live. I think they were the the, the Russian, uh, the uh, Prussian royalty. Uh, from there, we run about five to six kilometers down to the Olympic Stadium, where the nineteen thirty six Olympics were held. Famous for Jesse Owens and, mm -hmm. uh, and all his records that he did there. So we actually finish at the Olympic Stadium. I think we also run a lap inside the stadium as well. I think as part of that. Um, but it's really a, a shakeout run, a parade of nations. Um, lots of people go to it. Is that you went to that one, but finished at the airport? Yeah, yeah it's well worth doing um, because yeah. it does it does the, the celebration of all the different countries that people have travelled from to participate in the race. It, it really is well worth doing. So yeah. we dress up in Australian colours or an Australian flag or... Your choice, Tara. I mean, little Aussie flag, you know, depending on how much luggage you want to take with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as, as well as the breakfast run, Sharon and I are doing a shakeout run at 11 o'clock on the Saturday with the team from the Long Run podcast, which is one of my favourite running podcasts and they're part of the 40 runs community in the UK. So I think I'll do, do the breakfast walk is what our plan is and then we'll do the – it's a three-mile shakeout at 11 o'clock, so that'll be yeah. cool. Yeah, we um, we don't normally do it when we've done the majors before. We normally do park run in those countries on the Saturday mm. beforehand. So uh, we would have done park run this time as well, but um, – the Hassenhide Park Run, which is the local park run there in Berlin, the only park run in Berlin, I think. Oh, there's one there's other. There's one other, but none of them can handle the influx of people because they're not used to having that mm. many people for yeah. it. So they've yeah. cancelled all park runs for that. Yeah, which um, is a shame, but at the same time, we get to do the breakfast run instead. So. Yeah. And as run directors ourselves, we know how much it takes when you have an influx of people at your park run that you're not expecting, and it's really quite tough. So, yeah, yeah we'll do the shakeout run instead, and then we're going to go do a bike ride a tour of berlin just doesn't everyone do that before they run a marathon <laughs> yeah so what, what do we call it fat bike tours or something fat tire. Fat tire tours. so three hours of riding a bike the day before the marathon so i'll either get sore legs or a sore butt but, yeah um, yeah we're yeah. just jumping on a hop on hop off bus after we've done our second shakeout so well if you see just... me running like i've been riding a horse you know why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and that night, um, Travelling Fit's putting on a carbo load, or I've got on the run sheet here a crabo load. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, they do that for you guys, Stephen? They did. Look, I just want to go back one step. Yep. Keep an eye out for the inline skating marathon. Yes, that's awesome. Oh. It is so much fun to watch. Those athletes are going so fast. So if you, mm. you, you get a chance to watch it, it's well worth even only 15 or 20 minutes just to see the uh, what it's like to do a marathon on skates. They go really fast too, don't they? Like they, they finish in like astronomical times. And you, and you see them all in formation. So they've actually yeah. got the, 
you know, the, the, there's no um, there's no uh, rules against drafting, it would seem. So they all tuck on one another's tails and they swerve around the road. It's really quite fun to watch. They definitely don't do triathlons then. They'd be <laughs> carded for that one. <laughs> That's right. As long as they've got a little bell or something to warn us when we're on our bikes and they're coming up behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, the, the course itself, what, what can you share with us about your memories of the course? Look, I think one of the great things about the course is you traverse Western East Germany a few times. So if you have to sort of had the opportunity, either on your bike ride or otherwise, to get a bit of a feel for the, the landscape and the history of Eastern West Germany, then you get to run through it on the Sunday. So it is... Um, the, the year when we did it last year, it was reasonably warmish. Um, there was lot, it was well run, lots of good aid, lots of aid stations. It was a technical course in the sense that you're constantly changing directions and because it literally does take you all around the whole city. Mm. But we have very good memories of it. It was um, it really, to me, it was just the running through the parts of um Berlin that you read about in the history books and that you've watched in movies and there you are running through it. So take the time to actually get a sense of which part of Berlin you're in when you're there when on, on race day. Mm. Yeah, looking forward to that, particularly the historical side of it. Crossing the wall locations a couple of times will be interesting as well. Yes. Um, yeah, and that history and noticing the difference. Yeah. And noticing the difference in architecture between the two the two sides yeah. quite Very stark in Russian East influence and then uh, modern Western side. So yeah, it'd be very interesting yeah. to see all that as we run through. Um, start and finish in the Tier Garden, which is this massive park in central Berlin where the Reichstag building is, which is the House of Parliament. Um, what's your memories of the start and finish area there? Uh, amazing. Um, the, the Reichstag building is again. It's very significant history-wise. Kim would be proud of me. She's a history school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> this is all what she taught me when we were there. But it was the um, the, the Brandenburg Gate is the is the one that really mm. is very special. Hopefully, on the Saturday you'll do a bit of a tour there and just get a sense of what you know where you are, the different um, houses of um, the different um, embassies that line both sides of the road leading up to the Brandenburg Gate. Um, and just the number of athletes, fellow athletes who are milling around there, looking at it, taking photos of it. And then on race day, it's even more special because mm. you you see it about probably about a K out before, as you turn the corner and then you see it. Um, it's just it's that picture in your mind. Um, and then on, on race day on Sunday, um, the hairs on the back of your neck will stand up. We talked at the last podcast about iconic finishes the Brandenburg gate is very special yeah yeah we'll yeah. be looking forward to and it. it's about 400 um, meters after the Brandenburg that's gate. right you've got to run through the Brandenburg gate first yeah um, so don't stop there as you're telling me don't stop there I mean I <laughs> think the, the the GoPro going as I was yep. running through um uh funny story was that the girlfriend of ours that we went over to run with uh, she would was her 10th Berlin marathon last year she lives in Germany and I kid you not, as I'm running down the chute, I turn to the left-hand side and there she is with another friend of ours that helped pace her on the day. Um, 
So we got to finish, the three of us got to finish at the same time. So you don't stop at the Brandenburg Gate, you do need to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's, Steve's tricky tips. Yeah, keep, keep on moving. Um, and we've got, uh, so how long does it take? So there's there's about 35,000 runners or so, and I think the race starts at about 9.15 in the morning. So yeah. how long does it take to really clear all those corrals out? Are we going to be waiting for a while? Or You will be waiting for a while. Um, yeah. One of the good things about Berlin is they have really good-sized screens uh, that you can see from the corral so you can watch the elites go off. So you'll actually be entertained while you're waiting. There's plenty of portaloos on both sides of the corrals. Um, and it's a bit of a walk to get in there. It takes you a wee while to get through. It was a beautiful um, sort of garden area that you go through to get into the corrals. But uh, you will have to wait a wee while. And I use that, I use that word, wee while, deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> Are they as good as the London ones, though, in the corrals in London? They were very good, I found. Were... Very different. So um, Berlin is much more sort of in a in a narrow area, whereas London yep. was quite wide, you know, quite spread out. So yeah. more like Tokyo. Tokyo was that long, narrow strip that you just found your place and stayed. Yeah, I think that I'll find out in, in March next year. Yeah, you that, will. That describes it. So, <laughs> okay, now, you're in a canyon of buildings on either side of you. It's very, uh, very yeah. metropolitan where the start is. Yeah. Now, but there's that, been a little bit of angst in some of the Berlin Marathon groups about the amount of aid stations, but I think that we're well catered. They're about every three Ks or so. I know Tara's excited because there's bananas on some of them. So there's, um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been in a marathon where people have run out of water or anything. So I think they're well paced. And um, Tim, the finishers medal is, you spoke a little bit about that in one of our previous episodes. Yeah, I did. I, um, I spoke about it a couple of episodes ago. So they've released the, the finishers medals. This year uh, it is about uh, in women and inclusion of women uh, in the marathon. So all the finishers medals, whether it's for the inline skating, the wheelchair events, or the, the marathon itself, uh, have all got female representation on the medals. And it's a unique thing for the German or the Berlin Marathon. Every year they put a, a face on the medal. And I think last year it was Iliad Kipchoge who was on Correct. the medal. That was Correct. last year's one. Previous years they've had other uh, German officials or sports people or people of note on the medals in the past. Uh, so this year our marathon medal is featuring, uh, let's see if I can get this right. Why do I get the name? Perez Jepteker. Is that right? Perez Jepteker. I think you're spot on, Tara. Yeah, we'll give it to you, Tara. You need, you need to keep doing the names. Yeah, no. So, so, um, so they're putting Perez on the, on the medal. She is the current reigning Olympic marathon winner from Tokyo 2020. One 2020, mm. uh, and if you if you do remember that race, she really gutsed it out in some pretty trying conditions and got through that event and 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 held on for a big win. She's also won New York and Boston previously, so she doesn't actually have a, a link back to uh, Berlin as such. I think she may have run it once or twice in the past, but she hasn't won it. But uh, it's great that they're putting other people rather than just German nationals on the medal mm. and recognizing that it is a worldwide event. Um, but the other thing that I'm really looking forward to is not only do you get your medal when you cross the finish line, 
We also, when we cross the finish line, we get bananas. Yes, bananas. Apples. But this is the thing I really like. This is so German. Salted pretzels. Yep. And chocolate rolls as well, as well as a nice cup of tea or warm tea and water and uh, the best bit. This is so German as well. Mm. Uh, beer. <laughs> <laughs> so we get we get some beer. So is that that that's right, Stephen? You get a you get a, a glass of beer. And each of those items will gratefully received at the end of running forty two point two k's. Yeah. I, I have to say I had was given pretzels in the New York Marathon at about the 21-mile mark, and they were one of the best things I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, needed, needed a drink station quite soon after that, just <laughs> quietly. But but uh, just that salt and carbs were just exactly what I needed at the time. And I would just like to be the baker who has to bake 30-odd thousand or 40-odd thousand salted pretzels at maybe 10 euros profit on each of them or something, 10 euro cents profit. But <laughs> I'm sure he'll do all right or she. Um, in addition to that, uh, there's finishes shirts which you pre-purchase and looking at those, they look okay from what I've seen. They look pretty yeah. pretty smicko. Uh, and then um, afterwards we will then go off and have some post-event celebrations with a few quiet ales and glasses of champagne and anything else, I guess, back at the hotel with the rest of the Travelling Fit crew. And knowing Michael Walton, it might be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, the, the tradition was set last year. I think we went till about 2 in the morning. Oh, my God. No. So that that's Tim and I. So we'll, we'll our, our, our ones are the last ones to finish the marathon and we're the last yep. ones to leave the after party. That's always but, our motto. <laughs> but we're on the train the next morning, guys. So. Yeah, sleep on the train. That's sleep a, on the train. That's the future Tim and Tara problem. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're heading to Oktoberfest to train trip to Munich. So that's another little... A thing to look forward to and as i've already said to sharon when things get tough on the marathon just think about oktoberfest did you do oktoberfest Stephen? no um oh. we, we went we went and visited friends instead um yes. so uh, that was again for another podcast but that was that was actually well <laughs> well, well worth it we got to see some parts of east germany again Bit wow. of a history theme, but it was yeah. very, very good, good fun. So, so what you haven't said, Tony, is when we get to Munich and we get to Oktoberfest in Munich, we already have a reserve table at the Lohenbrau tent. And I know I've said that wrong. It's called Luffenbrau or something. Um, but we also get two litres of beer and half a roast chicken each. So yeah. uh I'm looking forward to that. I reckon I'll smash the two litres down in the first uh, hour or so and I'll be looking for, for some more after that. But uh, I'm glad you clarified that, Tim, because I was going to ask, was that each hour? <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's the appetiser, the half chicken yeah. and, the, uh, and the two litres of beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the interesting thing, my, my kids for Father's Day bought me two big things of German beer and I can't even read the labels. And it was only on the weekend that I realised that they're still sitting there in the fridge. I was actually going to bring it tonight as part of my training plan. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and, yeah. And so essentially at that point, once Oktoberfest finishes, we'll we'll go our separate ways. Tara and I yeah. will go back by Dubai for a couple of days in Dubai before we come back to Bris Vegas. And Tony, you'll go off to, to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, via... Yeah. Uh, Finland so 
So, so that's the the tour, I guess. Um, race strategy. We've talked a little bit about that in the past, I guess. Tony, what's your and Sharon's plan A, plan B, and plan C? Uh, the the I think really our only plan will only always be just get to the finish line, and you know that's uh, that's what we aim to do. There's a mind, there's a time that we've got in our mind, and there's a strategy of milestones, as I call it. Um, but you know we can easily just push that aside and and wait till the day. So, and once again, there's a little bit of angst. There's some cutoff times in the Berlin Marathon, and people are talking about the cutoff time at 33k, and then there's another one at 38k. I think they're well and truly reasonable. So I I don't think we've got any angst about those, and we are five hour something runners. Um, at the moment so you know I, I think yeah we'll just as I said we're feeling good yeah, hope the travel doesn't knock us around too much but yeah I'm really comfy and we'll finish we know that I guess for you guys it's preservation as well knowing you've got Chicago just two weeks afterwards that you don't want to do anything that leads to a, a serious injury mm. or anything like that so yeah yeah absolutely and we don't plan to do much between Berlin and Chicago just recover and uh, and just take some time and I I sort of think we're going to be in very similar shape when we uh, on the start line for both of the events um, but as we progress through Chicago we're going to obviously feel it a little bit more but yeah um, we've got our Sharon's got half the medical cabinet lined up on the kitchen bench ready to be packed so from a fueling perspective I think we're well covered we need to pin it back a bit it's not like there's we're going over to a place that doesn't have this but you know I it is planning to be hot but then the next day people are saying it's overcast and rainy so look I'll wait till race day we've got ponchos in the thing and in respect of shoes, because I know that we, we love talking about shoes, I'm running in Ciccone Tempest and I've got two pairs. One will be a pair that I wear around and then I'll wear my most well-worn pair for the marathon in Berlin and then I'll flip it and I'll put the newer pair on. Oh, sorry, the newer pair will become my Chicago marathon shoes and I'll wear the ones that, yeah, so, but, yeah, you don't have the luxury of being able to take over too many pairs of shoes to be able to have a choice for things like your shakeout. So it's going to be the same pair that I that I run in for Berlin and then I'll flip it to the other pair for for Chicago. So Tim actually brought me a special pair of shoes just for Berlin Marathon. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah, we might we might try and get a photo of them and put them up on our feed so everyone can see them. But we run in, we both run in Brooks Ghosts, um, and yeah. we'll be doing the same thing. We've got uh, Ghost 14s, um, two pairs that we've run into a certain nice, comfortable yeah. place for us. One will be for the shakeout runs, one's for the marathon. Uh, but for Tara's shoe, we bought her one of the ones that's got beer, pitches of little beer steins, and, 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 <laughs> and over it. So the shoe is just covered in beer steins. So we'll get a photo yeah. and I'll put it up on the, the flying runner. Yeah, um, just on just on the ghost, uh, the Brooks Ghost shoes too. They've um, released the the Ghost yeah. Max here in Australia just yeah. recently, and I know it's been available in the US a little bit longer. 
and they look good. They look good. So a big high stack and a little bit different to the traditional Brooks styling, I think, very similar to the Kano 30s that have now got that big chunky stack on them, but lighter. So it'll be interesting to see how many people move from the traditional Ghost styling into the Ghost Max. Yeah. Um, so, Tony, travel-wise, how are you going to manage sleep and jet lag? Um, I just planned. I, I just planned to spend twenty-seven hours trying to get as much shutter <laughs> as I can on the plane. Um, I don't have. Yeah, and just stay hydrated and just. Uh, yeah, yeah. Over the last couple of trips, we haven't really experienced a lot of jet lag, and and I find that when you get there, you the adrenaline keeps you going for the first couple of days. So I'm hoping that that's going to be the case again. I get jet lag when I come back home. So, um, yeah, you're both flying in the right direction, yeah. you know, flying from here west, um, provided that you, as you say, um, Tony, try and get some sleep, set your body clock or your watch to the time zone mm. of the destination you're going to, try and get lots of sleep. Travelling that way, I find, is less problematic than going, uh, going from this side uh, east. Yeah, and on, on my Garmin watch face, I've got the ability to have a secondary time zone on the watch face, and it's been set for Berlin now for for the last, well, however long I've had my Garmin, and it's currently 12.48 in Berlin as we're recording this. So um, just to give me an idea of what's, uh, yeah, it's, it's I'm not doing anything special with it. I'm yeah. just sort of making myself aware of it. So Yeah, our, our, trip, our, our trick is to... Uh, we, we will choose the flights that are better for, for us. So we try to arrive in the destination in a daytime environment mm. where we can. Um, we try to sleep on the, when it's dark outside. So if it's nighttime outside when we're flying, it's sleeping time. If it's daylight when, it's out, when we're flying, we try to stay awake. Um, and we've never really had issues with jet lag ever, I don't think. We've, we've generally been pretty good with it because select the right flights and, and sleep and as you say, get onto the destination time zone as quickly as you can, mm. uh, and be prepared that you're going to be tired when you land. We know when we get in, it's going to be one thirty Thursday afternoon. Uh, by the time we get to the hotel, it'll be three thirty four o'clock. Um, we'll be tired. We'll go out, get some fresh air, walk around, have a dinner somewhere, and get to bed by about eight thirty that night, and we'll be fine mm. the next morning. And come, um, coming back, we're flying through Dubai. We're just going to spend two mm. nights in Dubai, so that'll not only just break up that. Long mm. flight, but hopefully reset our body clock just that little bit more too coming home. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now it's going to be crowded. We're going to have thirty odd thousand runners around us, so it's going to be hard at times to keep to the plan and not be swept up in the push. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that as we're running. And I guess we're both fortunate. Tony, you've got Sharon, and and Tara, you've got me, and vice versa. Oh, yeah. I'll hold it back. Don't worry. Yeah. But, Elbows out. Block the path. No. Yeah. <laughs> I just put you in front of me. It's all good. But it is. I don't know. You've, you've probably seen that as well on other races. It can be hard to, to not get pushed along uh, and all of a sudden you find you're running you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds faster per kilometre than you than you mm. want to. And, uh, it, you'll pay for it later on. So we've just got to keep monitoring that as we're going and just sticking to the plan as best we can. I, I think the other point there with the crowds, especially early, that first 5K tends to be one of your slower 5Ks. 
because of the crowds. And and mm-hmm. I know that when we started running marathons, Sharon would be zigzagging all over the place, trying to get past people and what have you. And you know, the mindset that we have now is we just mm-hmm. we just stay and we go with the flow yep. and we don't expand any unnecessary energy. No matter how frustrated my wife gets, it's <laughs> gonna be just stay the course. And then after that five to 10, it starts to even out and thin out. And that's when you can start getting back on what we consider our race time. So the the course looks quite wide. Is is yes, I was gonna gonna touch on that, Tim. Yeah. That there's my memory was that it's in parts is very wide. So I I I think in the early stages it's reasonably good. So you'll spread out both in terms of distance but also width pretty quickly. So I don't remember. I don't remember there being a problem. Corrals are obviously quite tight. Once you're out there onto the course, I think from memory you'll be okay early on. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, the videos I've sort of seen. It's big, wide boulevards essentially that you're running along, um, and, and Berlin's got lots of boulevards everywhere. So uh, it should be good. Um, and I guess the other thing is, how do we? Uh, what sort of eating plans do we have? It's always interesting going to a different country and seeing different food and eating different food and um, having that impact your guts and things like that before the race. So, Tony, have you got any plans there around managing the food, or you're just going to try and look for Western style food, or just go for it and go straight into the big pork knuckles and brat first? Well, <laughs> that's Stephen's one. <laughs> I um. Yeah, no, I'm I'm relatively good with food, and I think with the uh, travelling fit packages, you always get a decent couple of options with breakfast. So I know Sharon's packed some um, little porridge satchels, so little oats. So um, in worst case scenario, that's brekkie. But um, yeah, I think we'll be okay. Um, carb dinner starts at six. That's normally the time I'll have my carb load before race day. So yeah, I. I'll have a beer at some stage during pre-race, um, but uh, obviously I won't be playing up too much. But yeah, I I, I don't think that I'll have too many dramas. I laughed him because the Thursday night we were there, we went out to a restaurant, the Travelling Fit team. Um, found a restaurant, a local favourite, and it was pork knuckles and steins of beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's my sort of food. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Breakfast. Um, now, you said there was lines up at the expo. What do we need to be looking out for, Stephen? Um, uh, the, 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 the need to queue on multiple occasions. So we had to queue to get our... Uh, our race bib. We had to queue to get our competitor T-shirt. We had to queue for something else. Um, just be prepared to be patient. And in the queues, you'll meet some wonderful people. Mm. That, was, that was Tokyo, yeah. so we're very, very we, accustomed we, to that. We queued in Tokyo for two and a half hours just to get into the Asics merch shop. And yeah. then we had to queue again to get a T-shirt. And the bibs as well. Yeah. 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 So unless they've radically changed things this year, that's the Berlin experience. Yep. Yep. Mm. Cool. And I guess looking at the list of exhibitors there at the expo, they've got a range of all sorts of people selling all sorts of sporting goods and um, marathon per, uh, paraphernalia, things like, um, you know, bib boards and, and metal hangers right down to shoes and socks and all the usual type stuff. So it'll be interesting to go and see 
sort of a European take on on some of those products that I'm maybe mm. not familiar with, which is what I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. I think it was so good I went back three times. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to love a good expo. And uh, it, it, I was excited to hear that Sydney was a good expo and I'm excited that both Berlin and Chicago look to be quite a large number of exhibitors and hopefully that'll start to erase the disappointment that Boston Expo had this year. So, Boston, lift your socks. <laughs> Have you got any um, pre-ordered merch? Sorry? Yes. I got the T-shirt and the jacket. So, Yeah. yeah. We've got um, – I think you've got the yeah. same T-shirts. And I've just got um, T-shirts. And so I've got a finisher shirt and just a normal shirt. But I'm also looking to get a, a, a cap to run in as well. So I'm going to say, Tim, the caps were good. Yeah. Uh, the Berlin cap's one of my favourite ones. It's really comfortable on. Yeah. Um, and it's a good fit. Mm. Yeah, I've got one yeah. from every major so far, so I want to get one from there. I, I didn't; it wasn't on the list of pre-order merch things. So, and I'm pretty particular. I just want to make sure before I get it, I can have a look at it and that it feels mm. right. So um, that's good to know. Yeah, it's interesting when we did um, New York in 2018. I had no concept that I wanted merch. So, finish a shirt, yes. Event shirt, yes. Um, but then when I went to London, I got the event jacket and the cap and the shirt, and then I backed it up with Boston and the jacket, and all of a sudden I'm kicking myself that I didn't get the New York 2018 jacket because, you know, you want to set. So I've looked on eBay every now and again, New York 2018, or even a cap. That would have been nice. But, yeah, I'll um, I'll get one somehow. Don't, don't hang your hat on getting one in Tokyo. They traditionally don't have a runner's jacket in Tokyo. Uh, okay. We got one in 2020, um, and that was that was a special traveling fit tour one. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Which which Tony have a chat to Murray Mark. We've ordered ours. Yeah, I think yeah we've ordered yeah. ours too. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll do. With Danielle giving us good guidance. Fingers crossed it comes through because we were meant to get one as well this year, and it was uh, subbed out for something else. So. We got this. Yeah, we got a backpack instead. So. Um, oh. Yeah, so okay. hopefully, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, you do get one um, mm. because they are rare and they're not sold. They, so the ASIC shop at the merchandise store at the expo won't be selling jackets. They didn't okay. in previous okay. years. And when we were there in 2020 and we did have our one that we got that year, um, we even had people coming up who were you know me members of the media and elsewhere trying to ask us where we got it from and if they could have it. Yeah, we were getting offers left, right and centre. I could have sold it for a million dollars. You sure it was just the jacket, Tara? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't give it this one away. Uh, <laughs> so what have we missed? We're all good to go. We've got our bags packed. We've got yeah. our race details all sorted. We know what we're doing. We're celebrating. What have I missed? Nothing. Nothing. I think we. I think we've covered it all. Sounds so. like a plan. The it's next cool. time anyone hears from us, it's going to be on a live and it's potentially our Friday evening in Berlin. So how... Have you got any last-minute tips, Stephen? Uh, have fun. Okay. Oh, we will. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's like a family reunion where, as you know, Stephen, when you go to these events, yeah, there's always people there that you've met before and... Uh, just looking forward to it. So so that's Berlin. That's our wrap-up for Berlin. So 
Tim's tip. Let's go, Tim. The feedback we have received so far is that people are enjoying the tips more than the old lame jokes that you used to provide. So, so we're making a bit of an impact. So let's go. What's your tip, Tim's All right. tip? So this is a this is a travel hack. So it's not necessarily a running one, but uh, the tip is half the clothes, twice the money. Whenever you tour or whenever you travel, you always pack twice as many clothes as you need and you come back with clothes you haven't worn and you always go wishing you had more money. So the tip is pack light and take more money. You can always buy your medicines at a pharmacy. They do have pharmacies in, in, uh, in Berlin. You can always buy those uh, food and things that you want there rather than taking it over as well. But, uh, yeah, half the clothes and twice the money, that's that's my biggest That's a tip. great tip. That's a great tip. And as I'm looking at my carry-on at the moment, I think that's a very <laughs> wise tip. So, yeah. excellent. So just to confirm, again, there are no episodes of the podcast. This is our last episode prior to us disappearing. So over the next couple of weeks, stay tuned to our Facebook page where you'll be seeing some updates as we go, some as-it-happens stuff. Um, Tim's got his little um, handy cam or Instacam, I think it's called. That's going to be some live footage and we'll also be sharing things like the carb dinner and introducing you to some of the amazing people that no doubt we will meet while we're over in Berlin. All right. Well, thanks for that, Tony. And and again, very special thanks to Stephen who's joined us tonight and given us some insight into what we can expect. So thank you for joining us tonight, Stephen. My pleasure, team. And uh, that's it for now. Now all we've got left is to get through a couple of days' worth of work pretend to be busy and uh, come back and do the final little pack on Wednesday and lock the doors and off we go. Um, mm. We can't, can't lock the doors. The kids are going to be here. <laughs> oh, the kids will be here, yeah. No, well, hopefully they don't burn the house down. Um, but anyway, we will be on our way. And as uh, Tony said, we'll be doing Facebook Live shortly. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Flying Runner. If you did enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you listen or watch this episode. Video of this episode will be available on Spotify and YouTube and audio will be on Amazon, Apple and Google Podcasts and most other popular podcast platforms. Make sure you do follow us on those Facebook sites and on our um, YouTube channel. And remember, every step forward is a victory. Lace up, hit the road and we'll catch you on the next uh, next episode. Until then, happy running. Happy running. Happy running. Happy running. <laughs>